0: Nerds International proudly presents. Forty nine. Oh, crazy! Not sixty nine. That would have been a perfect number for this. Ah, oh, <laughs> the forty nine is also a sexual maneuver. But is it really? No, it isn't. But I was just—I yeah. was going to make a Could joke. Be. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. I'm Harrison Hunt and with me is Nick Lambo. Oh yeah Lambo guyney <laughs> <laughs> This is a podcast all about tabletop RPGs. Welcome everyone. welcome back Nick. Thanks man. It's good to be back. It is good to be back feels good back in the lab. Well, the yeah, the last episode, actually, we did record it with Nick, but then <laughs> the audio fucked up, so we had to re-record it, and unfortunately, Owen was the only person available. God I say him. unfortunately, because he, he touched me, and I can't show you where. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, it Teddy Bear, right? A... Put... No, oh, no, I don't no, want to relive it, Nick. <laughs> He's a bad man, all right? He's a bad man. Oh dear. Anyway, today on this RPG show, we've got loads of segments for you. We got feedback. We got what you're slaying where we talk about what we've been playing and then the main subject which is Tingleverse, <laughs> the Chuck Tingle role-playing <laughs> game. And then we got Wi-Fi signal followed by Dragonot blagging, and then your electro letters. Oh yeah. Should we do a show? Let's do a blinking show. Let's do it. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch, the feedback side. Uh, feedback. Bitch. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback bitch. So the first feedback comes in, well, the only feedback comes in from Jeffrey Garrison. And uh, it's, it's about the Mytharog episode, where which was a pretty sexist, pretty racist type game. And he says, females are less strong overall. Sorry, no, let me do that in his actual voice. <laughs> <laughs> said that. Females are less strong overall. Why does that shock you that a designer would include an account for gender divergence? You know, you can criticise a game system and its author being com- without being complete leftist wackadoodles. It's okay to do that. Oh, wow. It's always it's 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 an, it, oh, an edgy one. Well, I, th- what I find funny about this guy <coughs> is um, because I'm a, a fucking idiot, I went and looked through his profile on MeWe and every single post that he's ever done is is him saying something like that he's obviously no way he's got the biggest chip on his shoulder ever i think once he's either secretly gay yeah or he once got beaten in a fight by a woman badly (laughs) i think he (laughs) says you know females are less strong overall tell that to a female bodybuilder tell that to a female rugby player tell that to you know female bus driver they'll knock you out (laughs) fucking bollocks i'm sorry (laughs) but yeah it's just i found that extremely funny because it's obviously a really, really unpopular opinion to have, and obviously we're going to comment on it. Of course we are. Because I've the be bloody book. Yeah, yeah. I don't get I, it. What? Oh. That's what's weird about it as well. Is like leftist wacka doodles. <laughs> I, I could get that if we were the type of like you know anti for people to punch people in the face. This but is one was of the just... most obnoxious podcasts on the internet. But all we were saying, all we were saying, was that it's ro- it's kind of weird and wrong to have that in your game. That's it. That's not a wackadoo. That's is not it? That's not a wackadoo, Is it?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's, uh, so that's
0: some radical ideas right there, man. I'm starting to think that. And obviously, we don't like to get political on the show, so no. that's all. Oh, that's it. But I'm I'm starting to think that my Jeffrey Garrison impression was spot on. I'll right, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, keep coming in, Jeff. Yeah. You know. Uh, thanks for listening. <clears throat> Actually, never listen again. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, That's really my beloved. Let's get on to what we've been playing in What You Slaying. What you.
1: Yeah.
0: What you slaying? So, I was on holiday recently in Tunisia. Yes. Tunisia Too Furious. <laughs> no, that's stupid. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it was all right, but um while I was away, obviously I couldn't run my current Deadlands game. No. So w- what have you been up to, mate? You've been doing some forget about it. Yeah, so i stepped in. We had a little chat, didn't we? So we were we our um, so the Deadlands game, um we're obviously going to touch on that in a minute, but it's uh, it's got a very cool kind of um idea to it where we've got these kind of multi-universal kind of interconnecting ever increasing circles. And mm-hmm. uh, so we had a little chat and I said, "Well, give me give me um give me a a person and I'll run forget about it, but I'll give it some um kind of uh, Connotations of the the main game, so we had a couple of characters that were mentioned in the uh, current Deadlands game that cropped up in the Forget About it game. So I wanted to make it all kind of uh... oh, which ones were those? Did you? have uh, it was Jimmy the Shoe, mate. So, oh yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. So Jimmy the Shoe was all part of it. They were um they worked for Jimmy the Shoe, the who's guys. like a British gangster. So um, forget about it. It's like a what is it? I've never actually played the game. I think I read it a while back, but it's. Basically, sorry, a bunch of gangsters that need to uh, bury a body, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, kind of. It's cracking. So it's yeah, it's basically uh, it's a nice, easy one from um, Just Insert imagination. And basically, yeah, you're some gangsters in a car driving out of Vegas to a uh, area where you've got to meet a contact to uh, make someone disappear. And uh, the person who you're going to make disappear is currently unconscious in your boot as the game starts. Let's uh, about it really throw some complications in. Yeah, because um, it's got like their, their packages that they do. It's got like complications that you can chuck in. Yep. So as just as the party seems to think everything's going right, mm-hmm. you sling a curveball their oh, way. I I only used one, um, the one I normally use, which is the older uh, flat tire one, because that always gets a bit. of... Oh yeah yeah. Gets gets the gets the uh, creative juices going. But no, I I made up my own. If I'm honest with you, but yeah, he started. He come back alive. I actually threw in some guy with a RV that was like <laughs> kind of fucking. Kid, serial kidnapper that had a load of women in the back of his Oh, I saw that. Yeah, because I saw the screenshots. Um, yeah. the, the the I saw the pictures that you took of the game, and then um, I saw the RV on the battle map, and I was like, "What yeah. the fuck has yeah. happened?" So that just kind of pulled up to help, and then really he was trying to catch them guys as well from the back of the <laughs> RV. Uh, so he's kidnapping women? Gangsters. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had it all, and then I had uh, I had the uh, the police ca- the police guy came to the police officer obviously saw them in distress and went to help him, and he was like Gary Busey from Fear and Loathing, so there was this really kind of cringy scene with James when he was driving him back to the yeah, um, uh, the place to get a new tire. And he's like, it's very lonely out here. Hang on, what the fuck is going on out my door? I hear that. so anxiety. What's that about? There's some like fucking um, like Buddhists are showing up at my door. They're trying to t- they're trying to get my. Is it is it Hari Krishna? I think it might be. It's fucking the weirdest thing it's I've it, ever seen. No in Red Hill. <laughs> I just heard them going, "You throw all your anxiety away." Into a bin. What the fuck was that? That was weird. Anyway, yes, forget about it. It sounds great, man. I just Sorry, I got distracted by the noise out there. Um, Oh, my God. You also played some Call of Cthulhu, right? I did, yeah. So the following week, I was um, desperate to run some modern Call of Cthulhu, because I'd never done it before. And I had that... Do you remember a long time ago, I kick-started the... um, Fear's Fear's Sharp Sharp Little Needles, yes, which is from Stiggy and Fox uh, Publishing. And uh, it was brilliant. So um, I run that, and this one was a... um, I wanted to try something that we've not tried before so i went for a uh, one shot where they're all at sea the whole time the whole the whole game's pretty much set on a boat uh, and they're a bunch of volunteers that are going out shark tagging um, but yeah there's more than sharks out there let's put it that way um, big monsters and whatnot. deep ones ain't it uh, so well no it was a giant monster um, but the uh, the actual like uh, marine biologist that you go out with has actually got deep one um, they call it a deep one taint in her bloodline which she doesn't actually realise until she gets out there and it actually gets activated so it's quite cool really and then yeah there was um, some sa- you know some sacrifice a seven year old got killed you know oh yeah normal had, stuff. yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> like they meet these two guys out at sea right and they sacrifice them well they've killed yeah, basically they meet a grandpa and a son who are out fishing and they've caught like uh, a younger version of this giant sea monster and that like mortally wounded it and uh, basically the huge sea monster shows up and kind of subconsciously says to them inside their minds that they will let the rest go if they sacrifice the two that killed its offspring basically that's awesome and then the team have this obviously horrible decision and then the old man hears it and he's like you ain't killing me boy and they're like oh yeah we oh, are oh they fought oh <laughs> uh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's re- that sounds amazing so, but then yeah so the monster let them go so uh, it was good it was fun and it was. I really wanted to kind of push the kind of um, bleakness of being out at sea you know yeah well it's funny because I played another adventure um, involving deep ones I, I think I've mentioned it on this mm-hmm. po- podcast but it's the free adventure on the website. This is one you run a little while ago and they're running a... um Yeah, and it's also set near the ocean, obviously, because steep ones are like fish people. But it was... um it says you can set it in a holiday park in England, so I did because a lot of Butlins or something. <laughs> no, it, we, I set it in Lowestoft because the the place has a name. But the thing is, Lowestoft is probably the biggest hellhole in England. It's where some of my family are from. <laughs> is and this you used to go with like a I used holiday. to go on holiday, and, go. and it's <laughs> it's so depressing, Nick. It's like they have a bowling alley where where it's got two lanes. Most of the pins are missing, and the bowling ball is just like a wooden block that somebody's oh, carved. What? And the cinema is a bloke's front room. Oh, you told right? me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you have to eat all of the popcorn in the lounge. Before you go in, because he doesn't want no mess. On you double over up after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the weirdest, weirdest thing. But um, yeah, I set it there, and it was, it was amazing. The the modern adventures are so much fun. They are fun. Yeah, obviously really a lot fun. of them always involve like being away from cell phone reception or whatever. But but I really like And it's not encouraged cell phones. It said if it uses a um you know computer use or, or 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 library use, they can whip their phone out and do a little because they were doing a little bit of um research before they went because basically this old drunk comes along. You know, like in the shadow over IMSMuth yeah the old yeah. drunk turns up and tells that bloke to get out of smith basically. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of deal happens with this and he turns up and he's like, it's this big sea monster out there, the eye, the eye and all that. And he gets them a bit scared before they get on. But yeah no it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I'd love to run it for you actually I think you'd enjoy it. Oh that sounds epic. But it- it's good. So I'm going to try some more from that book So definitely check that book out So I love playing Call of Cthulhu I always, always, oh, always love to play it But played. I just um, Yeah, it's just that I've, I've GM'd it so much I don't really have much desire to nowadays That's the thing Because I haven't done too much in Call of Cthulhu other than play it I really wanted to run it a little bit And obviously I had Sean who's an expert And you're an expert So it was quite easy But um, I know what you mean Because we played the shit out of Call of Cthulhu Yeah, we, we really started, have Didn't we? So, um, but yeah, it was cracking Really good fun Next thing we've been uh, been playing is Deadlands Dark Tower. Oh mate, I think we should do a full episode on this. So I, I won't think we talk should. about the setting that much, but essentially, Dark Tower takes place. If you imagine every single reality is is encapsulated in a big dark tower, uh-huh. and the lowest of those realities is, I think it's called In World, Mid World, and End World. Mm-hmm. But I That's can't right. remember what. This the, is Stephen King's Dark Tower, by the way. Yeah, and the essentially imagine if our earth isn't held up by gravity but instead these beams of power that are guarded by an animal guardian at the end end of each one and then the world is like a western slash sci-fi slash fantasy world that's what you got it's it's nuts it's (laughs) completely nuts but it means that you can uh, have things from other realities and things like this, and uh, there's a reason for it, but I won't, I won't spoil it. Mm. But essentially, yes, there, you know, things from other realities can pop through thinnies, which are tears in reality, and things yep. like this. Yep. And Cross the guys, over. the players, happen to be some of those people, and yep. they're trying to find the dark, get to the dark tower so they can go back to their own reality, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's brilliant. But the cool thing is, is that. Um, in the Stephen King books, there's a section where the main character, Roland, he gets he, he gets stranded on a beach, somebody sends him there by yeah. magical means. Yeah. He's he gets really ill because he gets attacked by these otherworldly beasts that are giant lobsters mm-hmm. who he calls the lobstrosities. Lobstrosities, yeah. And, and as he goes up the beach he finds three doors in the beach, and each of them he has to draw the person a person out of those doors oh, yeah. who is supposed to be part of his team. Yeah. And that's what we've just played. We've just done that, yeah. It, it, it sounds it's really fucking high concept and weird, honestly. No, but it's fantastic. And if you've read the the book it's fantastic what I love about this is a, am a huge Stephen King fan especially so for Dark Tower <clears throat> but for me that I enjoy even more so is that it's just the constant cameos from all that old campaigns that keep popping because well, if you're a Stephen King fan and you read Dark Tower mm-hmm. it's like all of these cameos of the other characters because yep. essentially the other universes in all revolve around their, all his books yeah. his other books right? right so that's right in this it's all revolving around our games it's instead of Stephen King's stuff. I love it but what was really um uh, yeah, what was really great is we've had like there was a character like that everyone agrees is like one of our best NPCs we've ever had and he came back last game his yeah. name's Gungar we Gungar. talked about him like episode 3 of this podcast 4 years ago and they find him frozen on top of a mountain yeah. it turns out he wasn't dead he was just stabbed we a lot we just left him there to yeah. die <laughs> yeah because nobody checked on him, no one and, him. and so it's you terrible. just left him there and he's like my friends are gone I'm left to be dying. <laughs> he's like, I guess I'll throw my lot in with you. <laughs> yeah, and he just kind of, yeah. So he's he comes with you guys. You've got two other characters with you as well, and um, yeah, you've ba- we've basically got to that point. But in the first sort of arc of the game, you're chasing the Man in Black across mm. the desert. He's mm. part of this team called the Reckoners, who are trying to bring on the chaos and yep. the distraction and things like this. So essentially, it's the world is crumbling, mm-hmm. and that's why the characters need to get to the Dark Tower. That, and they need to also. Um, get, get home. home. Yeah, get home. The thing is, the Man in Black was trying to stop them. So these guys chased him across a desert. We had, we did an epic minecart chase, which was <laughs> which was fucking awesome. Yeah, the hat you had. the Hangman following, who was impregnated by a demon, and the whole town was blaming the party for this. And yeah, then... and in in the middle we had so yeah, everyone thought that the, this party um, had infected this Hangman with a demon, but obviously they didn't. Told, and so it? they were chasing the Man in Black on one minecart. So he was at the front. They were in the middle, and the Hangman was in the back after <laughs> them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was he was constantly chanting "guilty, guilty," and he was trying he was trying to catch up to them, but one of them um, shot him, winged him, and then he was like stunned by the bullet. And they got to this gap, and um, he the hangman fell down like into the yep. caverns below. We don't know if he's dead or not. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> when then they everyone made the jump. What they yep. did is as they were getting to the to the jump in the minecart track, all of them jumped at the same time. <laughs> in the book, of course, um, Roland sacrifices this little kid called Jake. Yeah. Um, in order to uh, make the jump because yep. he's got too much weight but in this he just they just went right we all jump at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and they did it, it, it was amazing yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really cool but yeah that's basically Deadlands Dark Tower it's, so Deadlands is a perfect fit because it's yeah. got it's got magic sci-fi and western so it works perfectly yeah you just got to sprinkle a little bit of um, DT flavour over it and it's ready to go yeah exactly so I think it's a good one it's very right? good mate very, yeah. so watch out for that episode we we'll do a full full review on it I know that we're obviously trying to uh, shorten our what you've been segments but I've got um, sometimes obviously we talk about what we bought on here and this is um, I bought Legend of the Five Rings recently um got it for six quid from Oxfam a charity wow, really? a charity shop or a thrift store as you Americans call it <laughs> oh yeah um, but look who it's written by <laughs> I didn't know that. See, we all thought he was fictional. We all thought he was fictional, but nope. John Wick wrote this, apparently. <laughs> when he's not out killing gangsters. Was this before or after the dog episode? Probably before, that oh, was when, he's about... when so, he was he's right. Legend of the Five Rings, if you um, try to imagine what D&D is to Western mythology, yeah. Legend of the Five Rings is to Japanese mythology. That's essentially what it oh, so is. So it has nothing to do with um, the Olympics, Lord Rings, or no, 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 no. no. <laughs> so this is um, it's it's the five rings. Uh, I I have no idea. I'm probably talking about my ass, but I'm fairly certain it represents the different characteristics of a person. I can't fuck it. Okay. Over. Anyway, the point is, is it's a um, fantasy game set in feudal Japan where you can play a ninja, a ronin a samurai, a mage, and you. Um, but all the monsters, they're like Japanese goblins, or you've got oni, which are Japanese demons, yeah, and yeah. things like this. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it should be really good it's I know fuck all cool. about it at the moment the only thing I know is that the new version plays almost identical to Genesis uh, but right. this one doesn't so um, I, yeah I'm excited to get into it Kept apparently that. it's got really good dueling rules the, uh, the art's incredible yeah, it really is. It's really, really good. And um, apparently the duelling is sick. Like It's yeah? sort of like you have this, um, everything breaks down to like the tenth of a second. And you have these like moves that you can make where everyone's extremely fast. Because if you've ever seen the samurai movies, course, yeah. when they duel, it's like two slashes and then they're dead. Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah. So that's, course, that's yeah. kind of how it works. Got... The art's really, really good. The, uh, I like the character sheet as well. It's cool. Yeah, it's oh, great. Cool. How old is this? It's an oldie, man. It's I can't remember sad, when it came yeah. out, but 90s, I think. Um, anyway, I want for the next thing that I bought recently. I want you to come and have a look at my shelf. Okay. But I don't want you to judge me too badly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I've, I've done a bad thing, everyone. You've done something really naughty. Oh dear. What's going on? All right, I can explain myself. <laughs> Nick, Nick, if you want to tell them what it is. So we've got. Wait, so it looks like D and D fifth edition starter set. Yeah, I've done, look. The, the The trouble with this is that I know I'm a hypocrite because I have I have talked about how I don't like D and D five e, and that still stands. But, but I was talking to James Tomassen, who's a mate of our group, um, yep. on my birthday, and I was I was telling him what I disliked about the game, and he he came up with some really quick and easy house rules, which is what I would have done anyway. Mm. But the point is, is he came up with some really quick and easy house rules, and I've had this idea of, in my head of a campaign for ages, but I haven't found the right setting. Where I wanted the players to be given uh, an out-of-commission zoo, and they have to start out by populating it with monsters. Okay, cool. And I thought <laughs> the reason that I wanted, the, when when it comes to monsters, their descriptions, how they behave, the abilities they have. It, there's no better games than Pathfinder or D&D because ah, right. they're, they're just they're so well fleshed out yeah. yeah. they can be overly complex and overly crunchy but the point is is that it's there you've got it's that. there. Yeah. You've and it got reminds that. me of like if you've ever played The Witcher 3 when yeah. there's this one where you have to hunt down the owl bear and you go <laughs> to its nest so you realise it's a female one and <laughs> yeah. you, you have to like look at its footprints and shit and that's the type of game I wanted to have that's like cool. you guys tracking down monsters and maybe there'll be a rival zoo over there yeah 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 things I like, like that and so, yeah, no whoever can get the most because obviously you've got the, the danger and the challenge of capturing the monster and not killing it yeah. and then trying to get it back to the zoo. Because so. imagine just doing like a normal dungeon scenario where, you, where you've where got goblins and the goblin boss but you need a goblin boss for your zoo, <laughs> yes. right? And so you, you've got to not kill him. You just picture some guys like going down the trail with a wagon like, and it's like, what <laughs> you got there? It's like, be older, be careful. It's like roaring from <laughs> yeah, a cage. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sleeping right now but don't piss it off. Yeah, and I got um, with that. There's a, a book called Acquisitions Incorporated. It's made by love the guys it. from Penny Arcade, right? Yeah. And it's about having your own adventuring company that that um, acquire things. Perfect. That, yeah, yeah, that's fun. I, I think in the original they they owned a museum that had magic items. That's in cool. It. That's cool. But the book's quite cool because it says it's Lord of the Rings by way of the office. <laughs> that's see, I love that. And I think if, if if you run that zoo game, I would make it like a kind of rule that the, they can't be like your. You know, of them. You know, your 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 average adventurer. They would have to be a little bit more kind of basic. Yeah, because they it's just a job. To <laughs> it's them. Just a job. Like, they just work at a thinking. zoo. Yeah. Yeah, you work at a zoo. And you're I was a thinking, Yeah, like <laughs> Sean said that he wanted to play a um, a dwarf barbarian uh, based on Kevin from the Office or Keith from the English one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fucking hell <laughs> that would be so good I love it that really yeah so that. actually and, and also the the good thing about this version of D&D is it, t- it has bonds and flaws so you would you can take flaws for your characters oh so it, yeah it would work I think right yeah. okay cool so no I'm the same so yeah I know i would be like oh I've never played D&D but I, I, I do want to try it so I have and you know I know that We've had some bad things, but a lot of people seem to like 5e. So well, and the game that I played, I described it to Tomasin. And he, this guy, he loves D anD. d5e, and I said to him all, all of my gripes about it, you know, and how um, experience only rewards killing monsters, things like this. And he yeah. was like, "Well, there is an easier. There's a, there's the quick leveling up system, apparently, in one of the books. Okay. And also, he said that he it really sounds like I had a shit GM there. Right, uh, so uh, there you go. Yeah, so. Got a bad I don't egg. know. But fear not, listeners. This isn't going to be a five E podcast. We'll probably never speak about this again. You know, just I've committed a sin. I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> <It> feels dirty. <laughs> All right. Um, next up, we're going to get onto the main subject, which go. is the Tingle verse. We should probably apologise. Why? I don't know. Because I know <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> main subject ma- magic. Main subject Tokyo. Main. Subject Today we are talking about the Tingleverse, the official Chuck Tingle role playing game. But first of all, why are we why are we reviewing this book? Why? why? Because back in episode seven, seven we actually talked about Chuck Tingle when I first discovered him. Is that Buddy in the Fire Brigade you might have been I'm not sure I can't remember. around but, that time I remember but yeah I remember the um, yeah we talked about him and I was. I just yeah. discovered him and I was uh, you know talking about his weird book titles and things <laughs> like this I think it was our most hated, hated podcast at the time because no it was to. because originally i remember now what it was it was an episode about having a good big villain oh that in was your it that was and i originally called it pound the episode pounded in the butt by well, the big villain that was it and everyone was like no no, I'm one not, downloaded no one downloaded it. no downloaded it but the the thing is 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 because so many of chuck tingle's books have the title pounded in the butt by yep. and then yep. something yeah he so basically chuck tingle was an erotic writer <laughs> And he, he's the enigmatic author of mostly cheap, mostly short erotic novels that are available via Amazon. And other than that person that wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, he's the most famous erotic writer in the world at the moment. <laughs> but obviously Chuck Tingle's not the real guy's name, but it's a pseudonym which he uses to write such art as Pounded by President Bigfoot, Shared by the Chocolate Milk Cowboys... Oh and the curse of Bigfoot butt camp. <laughs> but many of Chuck's novels are stranger even so than these ones, where the concept behind them are existential and bizarre, like slammed in the butthole by my concept of linear time. <laughs> <laughs> but but you man. have no doubt noticed that there are common threads in Tingle's work. Big feet or bigfoots appear a lot as the unicorns, dinosaurs, and abstract concepts manifesting in reality. <laughs> Additionally, his books always feature covers made by the man himself using photoshop and they're absolute gold they really are describe the cover of the book you're currently looking at <clears throat> ok so the book I'm currently looking at we've got a uh, kind of a western saloon esque type top um, billboard with some kind of um, uh, cowboyish type of writing and below that we have a uh, topless gentleman who's quite muscly with chaps on uh, a dinosaur <laughs> head and a cowboy hat which is tilting at a jointy angle and on the left there you've got a big foot next to them we've got a big foot who looks like he's rubbing his own Nipples. Um, there's a tentacle below him, and what looks like a ball bag. And then to the right, we have an elfin lady who looks pretty generic, really. To be fair. So there you go. There that's you what was the front. That's the front, mate. <laughs> oh, and it's back. It's backlit by a uh, beautiful rolling vista of a mountain. Yeah, very nice. See. The thing that I I think when I th- I look at his books though are they actually genuinely serious erotic novels? Because I know they sound rubbish, and I've read one, and it was written in, in a way that was kind of funny, but also a bit rubbish. But the thing is, is that so many of these erotic writers that sell their two pounds you know books mm-hmm. on Amazon, they're all crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. is this serious? And I, I don't really know. Is it serious? But the thing is. It- is um, there's a, there's a, um, guy that I follow on YouTube called H Bomber Guy, right? Okay. And he did a charity live stream where Chuck Tingle came on Well, and he came on as a voice and he, he's, he is autistic, right? right. But it's, so the thing is when he was talking, he seemed very sincere and but had a very strange voice that some people think is fake. He, he says it's fake sometimes and says it's real sometimes, okay. but he said, there's only one There's only one dang thing to do with your time on this timeline and that is to make sure you prove love as much as you possibly
2: can and you're doing that 100%.
0: And he sounded like he really, really meant it. So I don't know. I just don't know. He's a big old question mark, isn't he? If he is a satire writer, he's a bloody genius. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But let's talk about the man himself. Uh, So as I said, not, not, not an awful lot is known about Chuck, though. But he does claim to be a Taekwondo grandmaster with a PhD in holistic massage. (laughs) Oh yeah, because his full name is actually Dr. Chuck Tingle (laughs) The university though, where he claims to have acquired this degree, doesn't offer PhDs in holistic massage so I think the taekwondo thing might also be rubbish (laughs) But a few interesting details surfaced when someone confirmed as Chuck Tingle's son did a Reddit AMA where people can ask him any question. Mm -hmm. and it was said that Chuck is highly autistic and suffers from schizophrenia additionally Apparently, his son is also his editor, but talking about the schizophrenia thing, Chuck himself denies this on the FAQ portion of his website and says, quote, I am not. If you heard this from son John, it is probably because he does not believe it when I talk to sweet Barbara or hear the call of the lonesome train. There is nothing wrong with having this way, but it is not part of my unique way. Thanks. Sweet Barbara. Sweet Barbara, apparently, is the name of his frozen wife at the bottom of the lake who talks like marbles. That's that's what, how he put it. Good old Sweet Barbara. Mm. So, okay. yeah, and that's pretty much every detail known about the man. He's <laughs> an enigma. It's bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, this mysterious entity with over a 100 books to his name since he first published My Billionaire Triceratops Craves Gay Ass in 2014... <laughs> And now he's gone and made a bloody role-playing game, Tingleverse, the official Chuck Tingle role-playing game. Oh, yeah. We talked about the cover already. Yep. Um, so, the thing is about this game, before we get into it, it really, in some ways, it was exactly what I expected, and in some ways, it really bloody was it. I'm impressed by the size, I'd say, first of all. Yeah. Um. Take a look at the layout, though, before we get into it, because when you get oh. a new book, it's the first thing you see, isn't it? <laughs> okay. It's just there's no layout. There's no layout. It's just written in paragraphs. I can see why it was only fifteen quid. Let's I put it that way. I see. There's no the, art. There is art, oh. but only for the monsters, and it looks like it's drawn in MS Paint. <laughs> Some of them are fucking weird, man. <laughs> oh god, rabble. Anyway, um, we'll get into okay, that we'll later. Get to later. So, <clears throat> the book starts with an introduction, as most games do. But two notable things. Firstly, the DM is called the Tingle Master. And the intro states that all you need to play is some buds that want to prove love is real. Although it does then say you also need a set of dice. Next up is a chapter entitled The World of the Tingleverse, and it starts off with an incredibly well-written explanation of infinite timelines and how each decision made by everyone ever will create a new universe, something which I suspect the man actually believes in. However, though, the timeline you play in, in this game, is like our world. It's a modern society, but with some differences. For example, the various species that we humans live alongside. These species are Bigfoot, dinosaurs, unicorns, and living objects. Yay. (laughs) No, living objects um, are the only ones that aren't humanoid, so all others... Have presumably ripped human bodies. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm going to quote the book directly here. A T-Rex could be shopping for steaks in the meat department of your local grocery store. A unicorn could be your mail carrier, and a living motorcycle could join your team for a game of pickup baseball. None of these situations would be unusual in the Tingleverse. <laughs> but the thing is about the living, the living um, objects, yeah. right? They're probably the weirdest one because. <laughs> The book notes some details about the living objects, and it says, Not all objects in the Tingleverse are living, but those who are living must be treated with respect and the rights that come along with that. <laughs> and there's no upper limit to what a living object can be from a jet to a building to a state to a planet, even an abstract concept. <laughs> so you could be the abstract concept of time, like from his book. I could be the abstract concept of fury. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and actually, actually, that's listed as a monster in oh the game. For God's sake. Yeah oh god it's, it's- he actually says in the book if you want to be a planet you can be one that's cool but the thing is it takes place <laughs> on mostly earth. yeah on Take earth
1: swim. come down come and down. it just
0: goes crashes into the world blows it up <laughs> <laughs> and also in the Tingle versus alternate history gunpowder and dynamite were never discovered so although it's a modern setting only, only medieval weaponry is available brilliant there's also no internet no mobile phones and no alcohol but chocolate milk has the same effect <laughs> <laughs> so you don't drink then no, obviously not. This right. game takes place primarily in the town of Billings, a small American city that I don't know if is fictional or it's not, but, and also where Chuck Tingle himself claims to be from. Right. This book gives a few noteworthy locations in Billings, such as a library where it's so large you can get lost easily in it, a frozen lake which is now overrun with void crabs, and Ted Cobbler's house.
1: Oh, right, yeah. And
0: the thing is, I was trying to figure out who Ted Cobbler was supposed to be, because as I said, I haven't read much of Tingle's books. Mm. But Ted Cobbler is described on Tingle's website as a devil man next door who thinks he owns the place, wish he'd fall in a snake pit... (sniffs) So I think it's just somebody that he dislikes, and he's the big villain of the whole thing. Ted Cobbler. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, The Void also has its own chapter, where the void crabs come from. Okay. It's basically an endless plane of darkness and infinite sadness. It has a vast ecosystem of creatures within, and of course, there's a monster section that describes those creatures in detail. Pretty cool. Yeah, so it's basically like, if you want to travel from one universe to another, the Void is in the middle. Oh, I see. Gotcha. I don't know if you've noticed so far... But there's very little sexy stuff going on. I was going to say, yeah, what the hell? Come yeah, on. it's kind of weird. Like I will explain why later, but okay. uh, yeah, it's really weird. Mm. But let's get into character creation. First up, because the game is supposed to be about love, you have to play good-aligned characters. Go but every character has a tr- a type, a trot, and a few unique ways which differentiate characters, but we'll get into that shortly. The ability scores are strength, dex, fortitude, book smarts, street smarts, and charm. There's rules beneath each one where if you reach certain thresholds, you get extra bonuses. For example, if you have above 16 in deck, Mm-hmm. You get a bonus to your defensive score. Okay. Kind of like that. Yeah. To roll these, you simply roll 46, subtract the lowest. Next, you pick your type. This is like your race, and which one you pick affects your scores. For example, big feet get better strength, but less book smarts. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing amazing there. But your trot is what makes your character who he is. Okay. As best as I can decipher, the trot in terms of the tingle verse is supposed to mean the cut of someone's jib. Yeah, I was going to say it. Yeah. It's like, you know, look at the way that guy walks. That's Yeah, yeah your... exactly, yeah. Yeah, so um, to put it practically, though, it's your class. It mm-hmm. determines how many XP you need to level up, your saves, HP per level, that kind of thing. So let's have a look at the trots. The first one in the book is the bad boy. <laughs> the bad boy is your warrior class. They can use any weapon and gain additional attacks via leveling up. There's the charmer. They can encourage allies and give them bonuses. Yep. There's the sneak. That's the, road. the, the that's rogue. That's the rogue. <laughs> <laughs> that's the road. That's the rogue. You could be a road if you wanted <laughs> you to. Could, though, couldn't you could, could Yeah. Yeah, and then the last one is the true buckaroo. Ooh. They, they have the noblest trot in all the tingle verse. That's what the book says. <laughs> These guys can uh, channel the true love of the universe in opposition to badness and heal people by touching them. Okay. They can go. also, once a day, help others with a roll. They essentially roll the same roll as a mate and the better of the two is taken. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, once you've taken your trot, it's time to pick a unique way. Okay. Now, Chuck, Dis- Chuck Tingle describes the strange way he speaks as his unique way. It's like a quirk about yourself. Yeah. At character creation, you get two, and you get more as you level up. Anyway, the unique ways they include political. If you hear a political discussion they must make a street smarts check and on a fail you are unable to restrain yourself from entering into the discussion <laughs> that's good that's a good one that's isn't good it? I like that yeah. <laughs> yeah there's one called meta awareness where your character is entirely aware that they're a character in a Chuck Tingle role playing game that's funny game. as well <laughs> it's good man <laughs> and this one I really like it's called mosey where you move so slowly you just mosey all the time and you move slowly and slickly meaning you're always considered to be at the back of the adventuring group Ah. <laughs> that's cool as well yeah they're all pretty good I know there yeah. was a lot of really good ones in there man yeah. like uh, I I thought they were very funny and very impressive now you have to pick a number of cool moves for your character depending on your level these can be anything from tricks to utilities to powerful attacks but the style of moves is different for each trot so wizards do spells, true buckaroos they heal Mm -hmm. etc bad boys for example and I'm going to give a few few examples here because they're fucking brilliant they may choose the move Sizzler where they can make metal objects burn red hot adding extra damage a level 8 bad boy call move, Author Anger, allows the bad boy to angrily contact Chuck Tingle himself. What? <laughs> <laughs> Either by shouting into the air as a telepathic thing, um, or, or just like getting really angry inside your own brain. <laughs> yeah. It allows the player to ask one question of Chuck Tingle himself and find out about the game world. Does, do they actually have to... I thought that was going to be the thing when I was doing this review. I thought that was how it was going to be. But um, no, unfortunately, you don't get to actually... No, uh, oh, uh, his email. number's not in the book. No, it ain't. Oh, it should sucks. be. It really should be. Yeah, it should be. Um, but no, yeah, you have to pretend to be him, basically. Okay. Um, Chalmers have the fantastic find keys ability. Oh, yeah. Where, well, you just find, find your keys. Find keys. Right. <laughs> okay. You know, it's difficult sometimes. Could have done with that uh, after a night out. Yeah, or the heart command ability where they can quote... Cause enemies' hearts to stop and send them into the and send them to the station of the lonesome train. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that sounds really bad. I think the station of the lonesome train is where you go in the afterlife. A bit dead. Yeah, yeah, bit dead. Yeah, got ya. Lastly, <laughs> let's have a few true Buckaroo cool moves. Mm-hmm. The house that never was. <laughs> this ability allows the Buckaroo to scratch through the layers of the multiverse and find an alternate dimension where a cozy cottage was built in the target area. And then he yanks it into this reality. Brilliant. <laughs> Inside, you'll find a fireplace, a TV why am i impressed with this so far i know it's annoying isn't it it's good I hate to say it but it's brilliant so far yeah it's actually bloody it's a good f- great idea but they're just so out there that you just think why not why well, the fuck thing not? is in, in addition to the cool moves in in the book that are fucking weird you've got the standard ones too yeah, so you've right. got things like fireball and yeah, things yeah. like this they're given cool names and cool descriptions but yeah, it's like so much of this would create good gameplay situations. I'm really surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so there's another one um, that the uh, True Buckaroos can do called Timeline Contact, where you can talk to all alternate versions of your party. Um, so it's like... For, say for example you scratch through reality find an alternate version of your party that succeeded in what you were trying to do oh, then I'm ask them how is. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking awesome <laughs> and there's one called Love Wall it's an invisible wall made from pure love energy the wizard ones are actually cool too like Ghost Car but there's so many cool moves to choose from that we could go on about it all day really? so I'm not gonna yeah wow. it's really really impressive okay the biggest section is probably the cool moves so oh, character right. customization in that sense the abilities that you have is really good The thing is, as you'll no no doubt notice, the way that the spells work, it kind of means that everyone gets cool moves, which uh, they're not necessarily all spell-like, but it means that everyone has abilities where they can use them once a day, like wizards in D&D. So it makes it a bit more like 4th edition, but in a good way. Yeah, 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 I like it. Where's the dagger? It's right here, it's right here. It's right here. Give me the dagger. Thank you. Let's talk about equipment. Yeah. The standard equipment is actually pretty standard fantasy stuff, with a few exceptions. Stone skin and healing potions have been renamed to chocolate milk of healing and protection. Okay. Under the armor, there's two-ply and three-ply versions of the crab suit but that's about the most interesting thing in the standard equipment okay. there's the magic items later is is where it comes into its own. okay because those are, that's where it gets cool yeah um but we'll get we'll get into that now so there's a whole section on milks so you've got speed milk sour milk of wounding ghost milk <laughs> spider milk, spider and these, milk. Are, these are essentially your potions so uh-huh. all potions are basically milk Milk base, but there's okay. one really good one that i like uh, and uh it's a, a milk but it's called chocolate fog and it banishes all creatures level 4 or below to the void, and otherwise creates a billowing brown fog in whichever direction the bottle is pointed. <laughs> cool. The, ma- the magic weapons include the sax axe. <laughs> it looks like a saxophone to everyone except the person wielding it. <laughs> what the f- so It's one that's the singing sword. It's yes. a plus-one a plus sword that croons loudly whenever it's unsheathed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The sword of balls is a good one. <laughs> you can use it to fire 1d4 magic balls, so it's like a... A, um, a magic missile sword kind of yep. thing. But the miscellaneous ones, you have the Borson Reams magical fishing net. Okay, You can fish in anything shallow as a puddle and magically conjure fish out of it. <laughs> nice. There's the folding car. It's a car that unfolds from a box the size of a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> and lastly, this one's fucking good. The ticket of flying. Okay. An airline ticket that will change to be for whatever destination you require. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, the okay. magic items are all great. They again they've got the standard um sort of D&D type ones as well that've been renamed, but they've got some really clever ones in there too. Yeah. Um the last section we got is the monsters, which include the devil, battle snakes, and of course the man with no eyes and wieners for hair. <laughs> <laughs> The man with no eyes and wieners for hair. Did you see the the artwork for the man with no eyes and wieners for hair? I yeah. said se- I think I sent it to you, but it oh, yeah, the, yeah. it looks like a guy with dreadlocks and he's he's got a really creepy face. <laughs> but the good thing about all of these monsters is the write-ups. They some of the the bigger monsters, the boss monsters, they've got pages of shit where it's like it's just so interesting yeah. reading it. I don't know, it shouldn't be. By all accounts, this is wrong. But let me tell you, the the the, the man f- with no eyes and weeners for hair, he's, he's got three and a bit pages just on that one guy. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> he's not actually a shit enemy, though. He wears a suit, but he's invisible to everyone except those he's directly pursuing. And he's got uh. three attacks per, per round, including spells. He also has 600 HP. Jesus. But, yeah. um... Yeah, Other monsters include the manifested concept of self-loathing, the manifested concept of rage, a mass potato elemental, yeah. and my favourite is something called Not Basketball. Not Basketball? Yeah, Not Basketball's <laughs> habitat is listed as parks, gyms, and garages. <laughs> They're creatures through, from a distant timeline. They're basically spiders that look exactly like ba- basketballs, yep. but um, it means they can hide in plain sight, and they have eight attacks per round because they've got eight limbs. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was one of my favourite ones. They've, they've managed to flourish due to their similar appearance to the common orange basketball <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, so yeah really really good and there's all sorts of fantastic bad guys in here sky sharks screeching masses Ted Cobbler oh him yeah he's in there man yeah no, of course it's a is. good beast theory like yeah. the, the, the art is fucking awful yeah, yeah, let's be yeah. honest but yeah. it's the the creativity I know they're going for laughs but they do get it's it it's good so that's the it's, point yeah yeah Um. but that's basically the book Okay. That, that's everything that you find in there that is content wise but how does it play and I can summarise this really quickly which to me says it's a good game mm-hmm. so every character has these daily powers as we said in the cool moves so in that sense it's close to D&D 4E but okay. easier to pick up and the game essentially revolves around you trying to roll under your ability score to succeed and the Tingle Master alter, altering it based on situation All right. So yeah. combat is standard stuff hit over enemy defence value do damage there's not a ton of rules in that regard in fact there's barely any and that's about it it's like an O.S.R. four-e comedy game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With 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 an endless well of craziness. And that's it. Yeah. So, what do you what do you make of it? It's then? good. I'm not gonna lie. I am so shocked. See what it does. So uh, it's all the in the butt. I think what it is is he's taken all the concepts except the sexy stuff from his books and put it into there. Well, if he's showing that he can do other stuff. I think he should release supplements for this. I think he should carry on with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good, man. Do you know what? I love the, I love the batshit crazy ideas. Um, you could have a really off the wall game. Because if you think about it, it's playing like an RPG version of basically the whole of Deviant Art. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's what it is like, and it's it's it's, it's really funny, and it, it it achieves what it wants to achieve. It's not highbrow stuff; it's no. lowbrow comedy, it's and it's bad. Like, it's not even bad. I was gonna say it's bad done good, but it's not. It's, it's silly done good. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, because it's it's it's, it's, it's really very cleverly is. written, but it's it's just silly. And I'm so surprised at how much I like this game. You know what? I am comp- I am really surprised as well. I thought that we was gonna be laughing. You know, we've had a few episodes where you know they are. Reviews have been just basically taking a piss out of it, but this is actually, all things considered, it's a good. It's right. It's a good. It's a good product. I just <laughs> wish the presentation was better. I mean, yeah. the, the cover—it's yeah. got to be like that because that's his signature Photoshop his style. Look. Yeah, that's right? the thing. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, but the all he had to do. Bless him, he's probably just done it himself. But you could, if he had just sent it to a, a layout guy. Yeah, well, for, but it's a fifteen quid a book. It's, a, it's a budget a title. title. It's a and to be what we're we looking at shitloads of content. I, nearly, yeah, two hundred and seventy pages. It's not bad, is it? Chuffed. Absolutely chuffed. Hugo nominated erotic author. Oh yes, um, some people voted for him over and over again on the uh, Hugo Awards, but they turned out to be loads of right-wing, so he denounced them. (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah. (laughs) He's almost black belt. Yeah, almost... Well that's Tingleverse Brilliant. everyone, um, go out and give it a buy, it's well it, fucking worth it. you know it. what, even if you're not going to play the game, just use it for some of the stuff and put it in your games. Yeah, because you could have a character from another dimension come in and he's a, uh, you know, a, a sort of, not bossy, a, a ball sword wielding raptor, who's a, uh, a true buckaroo. True buckaroo. Alright, check it out. Let's, uh, let's do some bloody Wi-Fi signal. Oh yeah. Pardew, what are you doing? Going to join the
2: Great Hall. You can't, it's a trap. I have spells. I'm going to fly. You don't have enough points. I am the maze controller. Maze controller? Maze controller?
0: Yes. So this is Wi-Fi signal. Wi-Fi signal. (laughs) Where um, I show RPG products to my wife. And she has to describe the cover without saying the name. And Nick has to guess the game or Mm -hmm. the product. Mm -hmm. So um, she's only got 30 seconds for each one. That's the catch. Okay. Let's do the first one.
2: There's a bear... An angry bear, an angry fox, wolf. Uh, there's a mouse that looks like he's going c- camping. Is he a Boy Scout mouse? Um, there's a. I think that's a badger with goggles on, smoking.
0: <laughs> you know that one. I don't know what that is that's Gen Lab Alpha. Well done, one yeah. point to you. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's do the next one. Go.
2: <laughs> a bloody toothed goblin. Is he a goblin? Serpent Goblin Holding a heart With the aorta Facing up uh, Green eyes Two eyebrow rings Edgy Bitten off ears Slightly bitten ears Maybe moths like Goblin ears
0: What's that one? That's Saga of the Goblin Horde It is Saga of the Goblin Horde Yes Good I, I could, think I might have gone too easy On you in couldn't this couldn't one I not remember for the life of me What was on I know the front cover But you don't actually. When you're trying to think of it in your head. But yeah, you've gone easy on me. I have. Uh, This next one I think might be another easy one.
2: There's a man hurtling towards them in a wagon made of train parts and bike parts. Uh, With goggles on. There's a man holding poisonous cards with a gun. And there's a lady with a gun. Ooh, lady face. Um, She's got ponytails with nice green braids and... Deadlands.
0: You were right.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that one might throw you, but but you did, it's, it's the poisonous start, cards because yeah, yeah, you've got hucksters and deadlands. Yeah, that's Dead what got me. Yeah. What got me. Yep. All right. So next up is going to be this one.
2: <laughs> um, someone's had a lovely time with
1: Photoshop. <laughs> what <a> over?
2: <boat. laughs> um, <laughs>
0: You have to describe it, you're running out of time.
2: Shit! There's a green hunky body with a lizard head and a cowboy hat. What looks like Mariah Carey, but with pixie ears. There's tentacles and a Chewbacca?
0: I like this," she said. "The Bigfoot was a Chewbacca." A
1: Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I think Nick pointed to the book during that. that what is, is that one? That's the Tingle verse, so of course. It's it certainly is. Think else. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a great cover. I'm gonna try and get you. Oh yeah, because it's hard, isn't it? Because you think the books that we use all the time, we've looked at the covers a million times. So because I'm thinking i have got to try and get to do Wi-Fi. What ones am I gonna pull in you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I've I've, I'm, I'm pretty good at the, uh, good at covers. So you could find obscure ones. I think I think I'd I'd, I'd give it a good guide. Oh, I'll give it a back. We've got it one it. more here. Yes, let's give it a go. Come
2: on. Well, this is going to be obvious because that's Dracula. Um, as gargoyles, turrets, bats, lightning. He's on a balcony and he's clearly declaring his love for some beautiful maiden beneath because he's holding his fist to his chest.
0: That'd be Ravenlord.
2: Raven Lord you mean Raven Loft
0: <laughs> Raven Lord was our series oh, oh was there I'll, actually, I... <laughs> I'll give you I'll give right. you the uh, I'll give you the point anyway the point. but um it was it was funny how on the money she was there, because you know how Strahd, he sees his um old wife, he gets given a vision of her throwing herself off from yeah, I the ramparts. I didn't know he was actually like... Yeah, so on the cover, anything. that's why he's he's, yeah. he's like looking all forlorn and with his arm in the air. Because See, she saw more than me, because yeah. I just thought he was just up on his balcony. Yeah, well, that's I thought that was pretty clever. Very good. Anyway, you get four and a half points. Yeah, not too bad. That's, that is That's good. not too bad at all. I think that's your best performance I yet. I think you're right. I think you're right. Right, let's do some, uh, let's do, we've got Nick's item now, he's going to do Dragon or blaggin. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Roll up, roll up, come and play Dragon or blaggin, a game where you could win big. Under this box, do I have a dragon, a mysterious creature of mythical origin, or is there in fact nothing? Am I blagging? Well, find out now, only £10 a go. You, sir, come and play the game. Uh, me? Yes, you. Come on, come and play. Dragon or Blaggin? Ha <laughs> ha! Okay, so this is Dr. Chuck Tingle's Dragon or Blaggin, <laughs> and uh, I am going to um, read out four um, possible names for Chuck Tingle books, and uh, one of them is an imposter, and Harrison has to work out which one is the fake one out of the uh out of all of them sounds good right so you ready number one yeah so uh which one of these is not a chuck tingle uh piece of art <laughs> so the first one my handsome mountain bike is a doctor and he pounds my butt <laughs> <laughs> the call is coming from inside your butt hmm Heavy metal unicorn lawyer sings into my butthole legally. (laughs) (laughs) And Leviathan... The legally part is what does it. Just wraps it up, yeah, legally. And uh, Leviathan Lizard pounds my butt. I think the fake one is Leviathan Lizard pounds my butt. Yeah, you're right. Because the the call is coming from inside your butt is clearly like him doing a take on horror. Like, you know, the call is coming from inside the house. That (laughs) thing.
2: But the caller is... In your butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's okay, good, man. Well done. So one point. Next one we got uh, Okay. Moby butt. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Butsaurus Rex in the fluff machine giant gets me off. Mm. Eaten right by the mysterious S symbol everybody used to draw. <laughs> oh so that's yes that <laughs> Yeah, on, on, on exercise books at school. Eaten right by that. Or my lab- my or my librarian is a beautiful lesbian ice cream cone and she tastes amazing. I think it's eaten right by the S symbol people used to draw. (laughs) No. Oh, my God. It's Buttersaurus Rex and the Fluff Machines Giants gets me off. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. That's really good. You've clearly understood. I read a few and got a feel for it. Yeah. So, uh, okay, next one, number three. So, nice guy dinosaur doesn't pound me in the butt because I'm not interested and he's not actually nice. He's just annoying and creepy and doesn't respect my boundaries when I tell him we're on a date. That's the entire title? Yeah bloody hell Uh, Canada pounds my butt and covers my pancakes with real maple syrup in an erotic way also it is delicious Mm -hmm. Brexit pounds my butt then thankfully decides not to exit it (laughs) (laughs) pounded in the butt by my own pounded in the butt by my own handsome large toe Tony the Toe oh that's a tough one That really is I think it's the Brexit one. It's the fake one. No. What? (laughs) It's pounded in my own butt by my handsome large toe Tony the toe. Oh man, that sounded too real. (laughs) I'm Chuck Tingle, surprise. (laughs) Too easy for me. I bloody knew it. Okay, so uh, yeah, you got so we got what do we got? Two points so far? Right, next one, number four. Butt shaped monsters from Marv's have asked me on a dinner date, I'm nervous and excited pounded in the butt by my reluctance to buy a humble bundle featuring stories with gay characters as though that has some kind of bearing on my own sexuality or the quality of the product then eventually realising it's pretty good and I'm fine he really needs to know how to cut down his titles <laughs> the banana in my butt is a handsome lifeguard the, the what the banana in my butt is a handsome lifeguard <laughs> Christ is that all of them no and the last one is a a butt in the mist still Stared <laughs> in the core of my bodice by the Duchess Triceratops of Helena. Okay, I think the the butt shaped monsters from Mars is the one you made up. Yes. That's good though. Yes. That is good. God, they're mental, aren't they? What not they are so Was bad. it? The banana in my butt is a handsome lifeguard. Yeah. That's yep. that's good. And he must have done one he must have done a special writing for Humble Humble Bundle. Yeah, he did. Um that's how I knew that wasn't the one because <laughs> there was a Chuck Tingle bundle on Humble Bundle one, oh, so he got loads God. of his e books. Oh, Oh the a butt in the mist very good. Right and finally the last the last set. Flying to the planet must Prime in a butt-shaped shape of spaceship that is sentient coffee cup inside my butt. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Billionaire e- Elon Mug takes the handsome planet Mars in his butt. Mm-hmm. Pounded by the handsome zombie elevator is also my lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Open wide for the handsome saber fo- saber-tooth dentist who is also a ghost. <laughs> 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 okay So I think The Elon Musk one Is real Because he often Like cause He did one about uh, Reddit um, uh, Pounding him in the butt And he called it Redbit instead So I think that's him What Elon Mug Yeah I think the toothed Tiger Who's already a- Also a ghost That's the one you made up No it's going to be Zombie Elevator isn't it <laughs> What No I made, I made up The uh, fly into the planet Buttomus Prime <laughs> In a butt shaped spaceship That is a sentient coffee cup Inside my butt I really nailed it by the end. You really, I really did. Got the you, feel for it. You've understood it, man. You should be his ghostwriter. <laughs> Sabertooth ghostwriter. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> oh, so there you go. That was it. The man that? is the man is an utter genius. <laughs> the thing is as well, because he's got so many books out, it's it it, it must have been easy to it write. It was an absolute pleasure. So I often knock the you know, my items together when I get a bit of time and it was like, right, so let's go onto to Wikipedia and look at his uh you know, his back catalogue. Jesus Price. It's insane, isn't there, it? And he, like you said, he's not even been writing for that long. The guy's prolific, to say the Since least. Since 2014, he's written over like 150 books there or was something so like this. There were so many good ones that I didn't use. Like I just, oh mate. Anyway, go look at them. It's a laugh. If you want, if you want to kill half an hour and have a yeah, laugh. Yeah, and guy, I, I've actually only read one of his books. I read spe- <coughs> Space Raptor Button Invasion. Sh- yes. Are they short? Sure? They really are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. They're, they're quite short. So they're like um, they range between short stories, novellas, and uh-huh. he's written a couple of full novels. Yeah, because there's like yeah. on part one, part two, part. I've seen a few. Of them, yeah, because but... well the Space Raptor is is a series. Right, Space Raptor okay. Butt Invasion, Space Raptor <laughs> Butt Redemption, <laughs> oh, and then yeah. Space Raptor Something Else. I can't remember what it is, but yeah, that's the one I read, and it is is nonsense, it really is, but yeah. Oh, brilliant at the same time. Yeah, very good. Well done. Alright, <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to um, your correspondence with Ooh. electro letters. Hell yeah. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet, this, sir, is the Electro Letter. OK, so for this episode's Electro Letters, we ask for your best tips for running better games slash adventures. Mm. This is kind of inspired by the fact that I obviously bought 5e recently, yeah. and when, whenever, I like to, uh, whenever I get a new game like that, I like to look out for, you know, the best tips and things mm, like this. Absolutely, yeah. Every single fucking person on the bloody internet said, oh, watch Matt Covill's stuff or watch um, Matt Mercer's GM tips. And I can tell you this, Matt Colville is obviously very clever and he has a very specific way of running game. He's a, he was a writer for a game company okay. and he writes fantasy fiction. He's just like a a critical role type guy, oh, yeah. but yeah. less of a douche actually, right, okay. to be fair. Okay. And he speaks way too fucking fast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, I, I checked out his videos. He's got a very specific way of running a game. Matt Mercer, he obviously runs most of his games for entertainment and yeah. he likes to keep players alive. Mm-hmm. Um, not My Cup of Tea, but yeah. anyway. Point is, is that I thought there's actually very little good advice for 5e out there. Even on like Reddit and things like this, it mm-hmm. was all, everyone just says, watch Matt or watch Matt Mercer. And it's like, that's not good advice. But anyway... No point is is that's where this all came from Mm -hmm. and so uh, the first one comes in from timothy peer he says world build with your players in my current game each player had to make a location in their neighborhood neighborhood and populate it with people and give at least one interesting fact it makes them attached to the place they're playing in. Cool. Great advice. Yeah. And you know, when you played Forget About It recently, mm-hmm. when you were drawing the battle map, you yeah. got your players to add details. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, gave Which, them all a the pen each and just, you know, put uh, whatever you want. Well, so this is show. what I was thinking about the, the zoo game, right? Mm-hmm. When I saw this information, I just thought, well, actually, that would be pretty cool if each of them were invested in the town or they even just give a unique way of how they met the the previous owner or whatever and it always it always ends up with good details because then they'll say oh i came from this horrible town it's like oh cool now we've got horrible town to put and we know it's there yeah exactly Mm -hmm. michael hassenstab comes in he says let the players have a sense that they are running the game i don't rest it i don't rest write it to a linear progression what the fuck does that even mean (laughs) don't rest write it it to a linear progression storyline Okay, so he's saying don't play it too... Well, I don't fucking know what you're saying. Don't railroad it, I guess. Anyway, he says, then gently or not so gently remind them that you are in charge when the time is right. <laughs> so I, I guess just saying player freedom, you know, allow player freedom. And if you can't do that, make it seem as if you are. Pretend you are, yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. <clears throat> Owen Lean comes in with, uh, understand the principles of stories. At the heart of any story is risk and conflict, but that doesn't mean violence. Analyze your characters, what are their hindrances or flaws, what are the values for which they would be willing to risk it all, then create motivations for them on those values, slowly ramping up the risk until everything is at stake for the, fin- uh, for the finale yeah that's that's yeah, great advice because advice. Yeah. Um, you know the principles of storytelling it's good to understand it's good to understand the different types of story there are mm. but ultimately the one thing you've got to understand is that this is a different medium to storytelling that's though. Right. so yeah. that's important it's great advice but just remember that the um the way to do it in this type of game is very 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 different oh I totally agree with that I don't go like, I like st- uh, you know I, go, I sit around the table for a good story but it's not the pinnacle reason on there it's what the characters and the GM interact Within that story that make it for me. Yeah, and also put it this way, like a lo- locked room mystery, right? Yeah. Um, classic Agatha Christie stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That can be really, really difficult to do in, say, um, you know, a fantasy game. Yeah, sure. James ran into those problems. You when you have an investigative game, for example, James ran into these problems because we just use spells to get around That's everything. right. Yeah. So absolutely. you've got to understand that, and then and then realise like, yeah, those work well in fiction mm-hmm. because they're set in a certain type of world. In this game, you've got to remember and try to adapt it so it works for the rpg that's right yeah as for advice to how to do that i'll be on another episode <laughs> yeah gary mccallum comes in with uh with a message he says potato chips or as you cunts call them crisps <laughs> they make any game better especially with dip agreed couldn't agree more yeah couldn't spot, agree more. spot on, on spot on there the gary? Thing is, we're at every single game yeah around the table we always have biscuits crisps sweets Jenny, and the crisps also, are the best thing yeah crisps are always good always especially because you're always drinking right yeah absolutely Matt Starkey says if it's a published adventure then you need to read it three times before running it and change some stuff to make it your own. If the players go off script own it and make it interesting absolutely right yeah encourage them to go off script I would say this is this is one of the major troubles I'm not going to say who it was but there was a guy once in our group that ran a pre-generated adventure mm. and because he ain't read it properly it went fucking terribly <laughs> and this this is like this can always happen because you need to know the adventure inside now. out because yeah. if you made it you would yeah of course exactly and the you good need to thing be about able to account for things that don't go right I think published modules don't actually save that much time but what they do save is the, the brain power because you should yeah. read it three times but you've got an idea all made you for you give framework that's what I like so if I've got an adventure that's I kind of like the idea or there's parts that I like I just nick it I just nick bits Yeah, know? nick bits and yeah. make it your own that's exactly. right absolutely uh, next up we have Terry Hansen and he says uh, I recommend game mastering nearly nude not full on in the buff but pasties and tightly fitting undergarments electrical tape X's may also be utilised is that for the older nippel yeah uh, yeah I think so I don't know I don't know why Terry has to make this podcast a house of smut <laughs> of what, and who he thinks he is trying to be funny we're, we're just... the ones who are attempting to be funny how here how dare you you f- Fuck. Don't forget the ball gag. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. you know, there, there was that old series. I've, I've never watched it, but that D and D porn stars series. That's what I imagined in my. Oh, hold on. What do I know about? Yeah, because Zach S used to do it. Remember? Did we see something on Facebook, going, Got a great new idea, guys. And it was like, that's not. It's not. It's not a good idea. idea. They were like, we're going to get erotic actors and we're going to make them play D and D, and it's like. But the great thing is they're erotic actors. It's like we don't give a shit though because they're playing D and D. Well, put it, way, it put it this way. Put it this way. the thing is if. It doesn't matter because they're they're essentially going to be shit at the game because it's not uh, it's not their forte, right? Yeah, they're good at having sex, and that's their job, (laughs) right? You know, I don't bring my job to the game. Yeah, well, yeah. If, we did, if we did compliance. a game where it was an yeah, all-electrician, all <laughs> yeah. you no, know, that's what we should do. Yeah. We should start a rival one where it's all-electricians playing D&D. And like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> We're well, just letch go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, as well, it's, it, I feel the same way about Critical Role, and I often rag on them, but the thing about them is they're voice actors, right? They, they, they're good at delivering lines and being directed and told what to do, yeah. but in actual imp- improvisation they not, not that good, mate. There's some good characters, but it's pretty shit overall. I haven't watched it yet, sorry. I wouldn't bother. Yeah, no, Lewis Pineda know. says, Customise the game for the player and character strengths. Actions have consequences. If the players act like murder hobos, another group of murder hobos will come to hunt them down, nice. too. <laughs> he does continue to, um, the email, but what I thought was so good about that is um, customising your game to your player's... Strengths mm. and what they like is so fucking important. Mm-hmm. Don't run the game you want to play because you're not playing. No, that's right. So they, they might not, they might not like it, and then don't get butthurt about it. Exactly. Yeah, because it's always going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the Lamentations game, right? It was supposed to be a West Marches um, type game, right, where you had this central hub, and <laughs> ideally, the players are supposed to try not to upset too much in the central hub, so that we can always return to it, and people can venture out of it, right? <laughs> yeah. They got kicked out within the first fucking three sessions or something like this. <laughs> fucking burnt a pub down. Then they got taken to court, and while they were there, yeah. they broke out by you summoning a dragon. <laughs> fucking, it, they they like killed the judge. It, it was Mental. Fuck, and and every time something happened <laughs> in that game. Um, the fuzzy who was played by Ryan, what was his name? Gunlet. Oh, gunlet. Gunlet, right? He would just go, Right, how can we burn this down? I'm a woodland fucking warrior, mate. Yeah, his <laughs> solution to everything was to burn it. When you're in, in court and he was trying to bust you guys out, he immediately went to the sconces on the wall and was like, Right, I'm going to use my rope to get one yeah. of those torches up off then the wall. Then he was talking about burning our own pub again. We're like, We just built this. <laughs> yeah, it was oh so, my God. He, he just burnt. Yeah, it's so enough. it's always going to go off the rails, but you yeah. have to, you know. Enjoy it, embrace it. Yeah, I use he. Uh, Luis Pineda continues, and he says, "I. This is just some general advice. I mm-hmm. use black poker chips at the save. I use black poker chips at the table to signify time running out. Ooh. Once those chips are out, the next event happens. Chips can be added or taken away faster depending on player actions. It's yeah. a little house rule." Yeah, I do the same thing with um, the timer. uh, timers. Yeah, timers are wicked. It means something's going to happen. Your player, your characters don't know it, but the players do. Do you know what would be really good? That's what we need to get you, because we need to get that crit bell, but I also think um, an actual egg timer that ticks will be even more tense, because yeah, you yeah. can hear it going... Actually, that's a good point. You yeah. um, Completely off topic, but you bought a um, cap gun for crits. I, oh, and, God, bring it in. I yeah, you, you forgot to bring it, it with me. But yeah, yes. it's, um, every time somebody's uh, dice explodes or they score a crit, uh, Nick's going to fire the I'm gun into the air. I'm gun, and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he continues, and he says, Perception slash notice checks aren't for the obvious or what you want the players to notice. It's for picking up on more and having a chance to spot an ambush. Mm. That's fine. Yep. Environmental hazards can and should be just as dangerous as the characters one." As the characters one is up against, yep. fighting tooth and nail while knee deep in water that's rising, or in a structure of fire that's quickly spreading, good time to use the black chips is more intense than whacking away at each other. Yeah, we spoke about this when we were talking about sandboxes and saying that you mm. should like using the environments and stuff is a really really handy tool. Weather can be great. Can yeah, be exactly. You know, and you know what as well. The the thing is is um. This is why there's something that's an underused rule that in in D and D four e that I used in lamentations a lot. The skill challenges, yeah, yeah where you yeah, have yeah. to get a Love certain it. number of successes before you get a certain number of fails. That was really fun. So there's one where they were just uh, where they were trying to run out of a. Um, um, uh, exploding volcano mm-hmm. and remember it was, all this shit was falling around you oh, and instead God, of yeah. just going right roll agility let's see if you get out mm. what I did is I did the skill challenge yep. suddenly everyone's everyone can take an action yep. on any turn somebody's the main guy and people can help so if you're running for example mm-hmm. a good example of that was in Lamentations where you guys were trying to run away from a horde of skeletons and get into a room and I did a skill challenge and Sean y- yeah you think everyone's running they're just going to roll agility but Sean one of the players at the table he he goes okay I'm going to uh, you Use my charisma to shout everyone to to spur them on, and that made you go faster. Like, and now, and if you got a success, that's one closer to getting away. That just reminded me, like, it killed me. Do you remember when that do you remember when that, that crow was just above doing nothing, and it just went, and he went, get out of here for no reason, just shouted at the crow. Do you remember? It just went. Row. Oh, what was it? It was just an environmental detail. Doing? Yeah, it was nothing. It was nothing <laughs> at all. And it was. I can't remember what I did. And it just used the whole uh, whole action to just have a go at a crow do you oh, remember it was Jimmy mid-combat yeah it was um, Jimmy. Yeah, it's it? crazy anyway. I think he thought the crow was going to be a bad guy <laughs> I think he did not so just went fucked up right we've got a little bit more Lewis Pineda's giving us a fucking essay here God, but sir. he says introduce NPCs that have depth and just enough backstory to entice the players to learn more for example why does the local blacksmith refuse to sell dwarves oh sell two dwarves <laughs> <laughs> I ain't buy the- I would send you a dwarf if it's dwarves you want you gotta go somewhere else right? I don't take that kind of muck <laughs> <laughs> Why does the ship captain ban music on warp slash hyperspace travel? There we, you go. You do the best one with that when you go, uh, when we're like, what's that then? You're like, oh no, weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what you got to do. Our details, they don't always have to be explained. Yeah. For example, a crow might yeah. be a bad one, might not. Who knows? Player anyway. shakes a fist at it and, wa- <laughs> and wastes a turn? Anyway, the last thing he says is be flexible. Plans rarely turn out as one wants. So yeah, yeah spot on. We've already spoken about that. hmm and um, Daniel Irwin, he says, his bit of advice, steal your players' ideas. They're normally better than the ones you came up with anyway. Yeah. And it's funny that because a few, a few weeks, like I think it was like a month ago, we yeah. were out in the pub, me and you, and you said, I'd love to run a Dark Tower game. Yeah and then uh oh there it is Liz, what's <laughs> happened do you know what? I was, I was, I I think that was more of a I'd love to run a dark tower but can't be bothered hint hint so it worked out quite well <laughs> well I, I was planning it for ages so it actually I'm worked really out I'm really pleased yeah Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel Owen's final final bit of advice he says don't panic mm, Yeah. Can't, can not agree you, with that Nick. more look at you Nick <laughs> well you get you get very flustered especially I've when it comes better. to you know you have Ooh. and it, when it comes to running for new people yeah. for us it's fine yeah. but it used to be like for example when you first did your first Savage Worlds games it took you a couple of sessions to get into oh, it and that's yeah. normal yeah. but yeah. I, when when we ran Savage Con and you were running Punted in the Bonds for a bunch of people you don't know you looked like you were going to melt with fear and I, I, do, I get it. I totally get it. But the only thing is, is you've uh, panicking never, ever helps. No, you've it makes got, it worse. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it way worse. Because often you'll, you'll, you'll question yourself on rules. I don't know if you've ever done it. Where, like uh, I do this all the time because I'm a terrible driver. But when I first started driving, you question every tiny thing you're doing and you're like, Did I do the right thing. Was that even is one way? Was that one way? Is, is it 30 down here or not? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. th- that's the kind of thing. It only ever messes up your game. So the players don't notice. That's the thing. You're like, you might completely get a rule bit wrong. Not the end of the world, but at the end of the day, unless they're like you know really know the rules back to front, it doesn't break the game. It doesn't matter. We'll Just put it get, this way: in um, the, right the Dark time. Tower game that we were playing the other day, yeah, there was a point where um, I had you were fighting. They were fighting two gangsters in the <laughs> modern world. Basically, they'd gone through to rescue somebody. Yeah, and one of the one of the guys, um, you know, it was Jimmy the Shoe, the mm-hmm. big English gangster, right? And uh, Dan the Daggerman, his apprentice, right? They were they were on the. On the same sheet of paper, right. and there was one point. He, basically, Dan the Daggerman his toughness was ten, right? Yeah. And everyone was struggling to hit him. And then one round, James rolled a seven, but I looked at the wrong character. I thought was like yeah, it is. I was like, oh, he's not as strong as before he was. No, I, I I fucked up, and I don't. I'm not sure it was the killing blow, but he definitely did a lot of wounds to him. And I was like, then then the next round come along, I looked down at my sheet and I went, oh shit. But I was like, well, I can't go back now. Oh, by the way, hit. you hit the wrong guy. Yeah. yeah, by the way, you didn't hit him. So I was just like, fuck it. I made a mistake, you know. But... Your big, you big, you know, your big bads did really get one hit. Yeah, in Roll with it. Have another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah but that's it, man. You got any um, sage advice? What's your like biggest tip for new players? New players, no new GMs. New GMs, um, yeah. Don't over. Like we've we spoke about this before, but I and I was uh, a victim of this a hundred times. Don't over prepare. Don't over. Don't under prepare. So, like you said, if you're gonna run, if you're gonna run a pre-published uh, module, give it a good read, maybe twice, three times. Like Matt said, make some notes, customize it a little bit, put your flavor on it. Um, if you're gonna run something that's completely sandbox or from your own creation, then don't worry because things can be moved around. So if they don't go down the road, you want them to go down because you've got something really cool to show them, put it somewhere else. It's yeah, fine. And, and, you know, if they kill the villain, you know, the big villain within the first two things. Don't worry. Maybe, Congratulate Maybe them. he was just the apprentice and he's got a master. Precisely. You know, and, yeah, and then they feel great about it. They've got a good kill, you know, and then, yeah, and don't, and I would say as well, don't panic that if if a session's really, really going down a role-playing role, play, a role playing road and it's, and it's quite um, combat light, don't start fretting because if the players look like they're enjoying it, then don't worry about going, oh, they have to have combat because it's an RPG. Don't yes, worry about it. exactly. Because we've, we've had so many sessions where it's, it's you know, you could have a session where all you do is socialise yep. with the big wigs in town because mm-hmm. you're trying to get their favour. Exactly. And it can be really fun, Precisely. especially when it comes to... Because when it comes down to rolling dice, right? And this is probably too long-winded an explanation. But when it comes down to rolling dice, I don't often get people to roll for saying something unless the other person isn't buying it. Precisely. right and then yeah. then oh, yeah. you can roll and it's, yeah. it's a gamble as to yeah. whether or not they're going to take the weird thing you said mm-hmm. but my yeah my biggest bit of advice and it's very 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 broad but i would say uh, make sure it's fun yeah of right course. Yeah, because absolutely. the thing about it is is that you can't don't obsess over details mm-hmm. don't over prepare but just make sure it's fun mm-hmm. if as long as the players are having fun that's the number one goal and that can be serious fun it can be jokey fun yeah whatever your group likes uh, you know don't run what you want to run what run what they want to run yeah. and make it fun as fun, it. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely and the way that manifests in the way that I run games is I tend to run them like movies as opposed to long series yeah, yeah. so you could enjoy a single session of one of my campaigns simply by sitting down and playing it mm-hmm. and um, then then the whole thing has a grander st- yeah, a story absolutely. so it's, it's like a little big uh, it's like a big thing of connected movies that's it exactly exactly that yeah. and it's cracking yeah that, you're absolutely right if, if you're if your if your players are having fun, you're always you as a GM will always have fun. Yes. Always every time. Exactly. So. Even if it's a game you don't want to be running. Exactly. I don't even like Savage Worlds. I've been running it for years. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. First game over Bull. I could hate it. No. Just... Right. That's it. <clears throat> We're out. Let's go.
1: <clears throat>
0: that was another episode. Yeah. I want to say thanks for everyone for sending their their letters. Mm. Mm. Some yeah. Some bloody yeah, good yeah. suggestions. Yeah. And very good. It was. I think I was quite a useful. Electro letters i do yeah 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 take, take all of them take yeah. all of their ideas take all that yeah so pretty good um but we'll give you some contact info but before that we've got to shout out some people that are on the same network yes you know? we have even though they're not as good as us isn't that right <laughs> that's absolutely right. i mean that is the trouble because we signed the contract when we started on this network that we should shout out the other shows and they're all a bit naff no that is a joke they're, they're very good <laughs> and they're all very good so today I want to shout out Finding the Narrative yes. um, if you're interested in Genesis which I am interested in picking it up actually it's a cool game yeah Um. then check that out it's got Tony and Chris mm-hmm. and they are fantastic Um. they know their shit and yeah. they're, they're, they're spectacular GMs of the game and very um, fun I, to listen to so. yeah. yeah I got Chris uh, played a game with Chris at um. Con of the Cobb last year mm-hmm. and he was fucking brilliant so if you need somebody that's an authority on that system listen to that and the next show I'm going to go for Imagine Ramblings. Hey. I've never listened to it, but Matt's a, a mate of mine, so go and listen to that. <laughs> it's good. I think it's just a nerd podcast. Like it talks about nerd culture. It's brilliant. Yeah, good. Right. So that's that. And also, I'm going to be at Con on the Cob uh, next month. Yes, um, that is a, It's in Ohio in America, and it's going to be the fourth of October. I think mm-hmm. I'm a special guest there, and yeah. I'll, I'll be running a, an exclusive preview of Nick and I's upcoming uh, supplement, Tough Guys, hey. an expansion for Wise Guys. Yeah. Yeah, so come along, check that out. I think my games are actually full, but um, yeah, good. you can you can come along. I'll it's sign. live stream as well, is it? Yes, it's going to be live stream, so you can watch it online. So we and, can um, give him shit from, uh, from across, the, uh, across the pond. So. Yeah, now you're going to realise all the advice I give on this podcast. It's bollocks. <laughs> and not. I'm a terrible <laughs> Just GM. To see him shaking, like... <laughs> no, no, I'll be fine, because I'm going to be drunk when I'm, I'm doing sure it, so... will be fine, you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, um... So if but if you want to come along I'll sign copies of 78 Hamlet happenings I'll just do it digitally because it's obviously only a digital product so we'll just put a little uh, like a little jpeg onto it. You know when you can put um edit on like a document I'll just <laughs> yeah. scribble over it. Perfect. You print it out. But there you go, signed copy, digital. All right. And if you want to contact us you can uh, you can get in contact at 3 at gmail.com, gmail.com or on Facebook me we Twitter all of that shit. All that shit. Um so yeah, just give us a contact. And if you want to donate to the show we're on Patreon. And yeah, just check us out on there. Um, And if you want to give us a buck, give us a buck. We've also got a product, 78 Hamlet Happenings. This outro is getting way too long, isn't it? Mm, That's alright. But yeah, buy 78 Hamlet Happenings if you want. It's a product we made. It's a toolbox, it's really cool. So, I've been Harrison Hunt. I've been Nick Lampslice. And remember that D20s are cool, but 20Ds, that's a good time. Oh yeah. Goodbye. Later.